0: Month and we celebrate so many women who have brought so much to four. Joining me right now is one of them. She's one of my favorite ladies, Doctor Julianne Malvo. But you as, as we go through Women's History Month, we, we celebrate. There's so many vast areas of celebration that women have contributed to. And yeah, I know that you are such a historian. Not only are you a labor economist and uh, the former president of a college that one of my great-grandfathers founded, Bennett College, you are so into women and empowerment. You're into politics. You um, are a noted author. You're a commentator, a speech. Writer, a, speech a speaker yourself. There's so many things that you do, and you're very strong in politics. So much that you do is so impressive, Julianne, but when it comes down to women who impress you, who are some of your top women? Like, as you're looking at Women's History Month, who, who, who does a great woman like you honor? Well, you know, I start off with uh, with our sisters, with African-American women, but there's so many other women uh, that are important, but let me, my own hero is a woman named Dr. Phyllis Ann Wallace. Nobody knows her. She was the first African-American woman to get her doctorate in economics from Yale University. Wow. In the 1940s. She did a bunch of stuff. Um, In fact, I still have the letter that she got um, from Adam Clayton Powell, who invited her to come and work for the government. And she went to work for the government. She actually worked for the CIA, Rolanda. In the Um, 40s? In the fifties, yes, ma'am. Worked for the CIA. Ended up working with Ken Clark on the doll studies, and then coming to MIT, which is where I met her. And it was really, really funny because one day um, a bunch of folks were sitting outside. We were going to something, and I was her little intern. And these guys were yelling about the CIA, and I said, "Oh, Dr. Wallace, they said you're in the CIA. That couldn't be possible, is it?" She said, "Well, it could be. (laughs) People didn't know about it, and she lived a life." Relative isolation. Who do you tell? You you go have tea with your girlfriends. Oh, yeah, I was just spying on so-and-so. You, you, know, you really can't do that. <laughs> now you, now you would languages. be a reality show. Yeah, exactly. She spoke six, lang- six languages. But she was my mentor who helped me through. And um, so I, I people don't know about her. She was the first research director at EEOC. She was responsible for changing the way that we tested on um you know, you always have these tests to get government jobs and she changed all those. She's like, all these questions are irrelevant. Wow. And so she was like a total leader, but people don't know about her. Dr. Phyllis Ann Wallace from Baltimore. Um another sister I would always like to lift up is uh Constance Baker Motley. And Phyllis and Constance were buddies. Phyllis um did not pledge and you know I'm a Delta of course, but Connie Motley was an AKA and I was I'd say, Well I'll give her props but she was one of the first judges in New York City, uh, the first black woman judges. She also went to Yale, got her law degree at Yale. She is the shoulders on which people like Mary Wright Edelman and Eleanor Holmes Norton, who also went to Yale, stand on. Um, in New York City, just making phenomenal public policy. You know, Another woman that I would really talk about is Constance Baker Newman. You know Connie because you've seen her you know, and Dr. Myers and other places, but a lot of people don't know her accomplishments. Under Secretary of State, uh, listed as one of the top, she and only um, one other African American, one of the top government administrators, has worked under Democrats, under Republicans, in international affairs, still goes to um, countries that you and I wouldn't go to because we couldn't wear our pumps. And, uh, you know, when people say, well, can I, can I wear my heels? No. Okay, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but she goes to those places to help them count votes. Let me get off our sisters for a minute and then come back to them. But one of the persons that nobody knows about Rolanda that I'm always intrigued about is March Fong Yu. Who is that? She was the Secretary of State in California for, like, six terms. She is, a right. she is an Asian woman. to say, She sounds Asian. She's an Asian woman who came out went, went to the assembly in California and leaving the assembly went on to be secretary of state. No one ever lifts her up. Never. She I don't son. even know. I, I, you know why, why is this that we don't know about all these women who have done such tremendous things to shape this nation? Because my line has always been history belongs to she who holds the pen. The lions don't write, you know, the lambs don't write a story, the lions do. So you never hear about these phenomenal women because women are not writing the story. When Mm. the men write the story, we're in the sidelines. When we write the story, we tell the story about ourselves. It's just like the story, you know, for five years at Bennett College, you know, I became something of an outlaw because I would never allow the story of the a 4 to be told without adding the fact that Bennett women were in the house. Mm-hmm. And, that's and tell that story. Tell that briefly. Tell that story briefly for people who, who aren't from where we're from, who know that story like it's the back of our hand. Tell that story because that is so important. And tell the importance of the Bennett the Bennett Bell's contribution. Yeah, thank you for asking me that. You know, uh, February first, nineteen sixty. We all know the story of the four men who sat at the lunch counter in Woolworths and wouldn't leave, and all of that. But backstory. All of that stuff was planned at Bennett College. There was a professor who essentially was meeting with the students, NAACP work, all working together, including the Bennett women. When those men went to the counter, those women were sitting in the house. Now, we know what it was like in 1960. No brothers were going to let you or I sit at the counter when crazy melanin-deprived people were throwing matches and all that. So they were chivalrous toward the sisters, but the sisters were there. And, you know, Frank McCain, who sat there, his wife, Betty McCain, was a Bennett Bell. She was there. These women were there. I don't want to diminish the importance of what the brothers did, but I want the brothers to talk about what all happened. And Bennett professor Dr. Linda Brown has written a book that I commissioned when I was president called Bells of Liberty that really talks about that. The women who were in the classes of 57 to 60, they were there. And wow. even my, my brother, Reverend, Jack, Reverend Jesse Jackson, my big brother, my dear friend, he always says we couldn't have done this without the Bennett women. But that has been swallowed by history. That's how you miss a march Song you because nobody's writing our history. We women, black, white, Asian, Latina, we forget about ourselves. So we don't write our own story, and if we don't write it, who will? Who will That's lift right. us up? That's right. Now, you were president of Bennett College. I'm I'm proud to say one of my great grandfathers. I'm always throwing this in, the help found the Yeah, yeah, that base, wonderful, wonderful, and we appreciate it. Yeah, but you were there leading women. And, you know, one of the things that I know you and I both, inspire young women to do is become leaders be just don't be the full woman be a leader of other women too what do you say to that to women who are who maybe tuning into the show who are I'm always encouraging people to go for their passion and try something new and not be afraid to fail leadership is one of those new things to try what do you tell women of all ages in terms of how they live their lives how can I be a leader tomorrow how can how can I make history as auntie Maya says we're making history every single day we live, we have an opportunity to make history. Well, how do you encourage that spirit in others? You know, I tell people, first of all, to find their passion. Yeah. What makes your temperature rise?
1: Mm. You know,
0: what makes you happy? What makes you dance? You know, hone into that. Number two, the most important part of leadership is to lead yourself. Hey. You can't lead yourself. You can't lead anybody else. That means leading in terms of all your habits, your eating, your exercise. Most of us know what we need to do to be excellent. Many of us won't do it. Mm -hmm. Own your excellence, and when you own your excellence, you own everybody in your space because you're telling them and showing them what you can possibly do. Mm -hmm. So lead yourself and then lead others. You don't have to have a title or a position to be a leader. What you have to have is integrity and intensity. So whether you're the clerical worker in the office, the manager, or the president, integrity and intensity. People will buy into that. They won't mm-hmm. buy into your ambivalence. If you're not clear about what you want, you can't lead anybody else there. Well, so You, you have to be centered and clear. Yeah, one thing I love about you, Julianne. We're talking to Dr. Julianne Malvo today, labor economist, former president of Bennett College for Women, and just an all-around dynamite woman uh, who is very astute in politics, very astute in leadership, and very astute in women's history. And we're talking with her before we let Women's History get out of here. I, I, you know, I, we, you and I, Julianne, we celebrate women's contributions to the earth every single day, every moment of the day. And um, I, I one of the things I, I love about you and you know you used to be on my on the Rolanda show back in the day and my mother oh, used yeah, that to was call a lot of every wasn't time it? Girl, listen, my mother used to call me and say, I like that lady. She's smart, she's clear, she's astute and and you know, that's what I've always loved about you. You're a fighter. Our auntie Maya, who we're about to celebrate. And her most famous, one of her most famous quotes is, courage is the greatest of all virtues because without courage you can't exude any other virtue with with consistency. How has courage played in your life? Because you're one of the most courageous people I know. Well, you know, I don't have a cut card. I think I was kind of raised that way, that I don't have a cut card. I was, um, you know, we always see each other on Facebook. And someone was talking about black folks who read. Well, I grew up kind of in the hood, and reading was not the most popular thing to do, and I remember getting my butt beat, quite frankly, by my brothers and sisters who were annoyed that I walked down the street, and I'm, you know, with 10 books in my hand,
1: mm-hmm. and as I walked
0: down the street, my little hood friends would say, what you doing with all that books, and <laughs> I'm like reading them. And, you know, half the time they let me go. Half the time a fight would ensue. And then, if the fight ensued, I had to go back and get my books. They had to throw my books. I had to get them. because so I had to take them back to the library. And the worst time, or the best time, was one day when I said, Y'all don't like the fact I read because y'all don't. And Ooh. I said, And then I said, And y'all can't. Well, you know, the butt whipping that time was especially severe. <laughs> but, <laughs> especially severe. <laughs> I mean, they, they took me up one side of the street after the other. And then after they beat me up, I went back and got my books and went home. And I was fine. Um, but that's like who have always been. I don't, And now I, you're, I, doc, you're Dr. Julianne Melvo, and mm-hmm. we don't know where they are. Well, we know, but we ain't going to tell. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but the point is that I have never seen the norm as my norm. I've always seen, what can you do? I love Dr. Bay when she encourages us talking about courage, because I've always felt like if you want it, go after it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if, you have to, if you see it, speak it. Um, you know, you and I know we pay the price as women of a certain age and women in the media. If you are too honest, you get kicked to the curb. But I'd rather be kicked to the curb than be at the center and be a liar. Mm. I just can't tell anything but the truth. I mean, I loved my time at Bennett College. As you know, it was a great adventure for me. Mm
1: -hmm. But there
0: was a moment at which I understood that I was a square peg in a round hole, Mm -hmm. you know, that I had always been such a free spirit that some of the stuff I said just didn't go down well. Um. How How do you deal with that? Because there are a lot of people like you know one of the things that we push here on Sundays with Rolanda and you're listening to Sundays with Rolanda I'm Rolanda Watts your host and you're listening to Dr. Julianne Malvo who is talking about some very famous women in history and just being a woman of history as well um every day I I know you're you're like Julianne and I we're hoping to make some kind of history to make a difference in our lives a lot of people listening Julianne are in that that uh crooks in life they're in a rut they're ready to change to reinvent themselves but yeah it takes a lot of we'll go back to courage to do that what do you say to people who are like i am so miserable in what i'm doing right now i have a voice that needs to be heard and i'm not in the right place and they're afraid to take that leap or maybe a job is closed down on them and they're afraid of the change that that represents what do you say close your eyes and go inside hmm Close your eyes and go inside. How can you work it out? You know, I I was at an event on Monday evening. I think there may have been six people who came up to me just serendipitously, not, you know, to talk about changes in life. A sister who was trying to get out of banking and wanted to raise money for girls' organizations. Mm -hmm. A brother who had lost his job and was thinking about a furniture company. I mean, this is where we are.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're of
0: this age, we're in our fifties, maybe pushing up on sixty and you know, you've done what you had to do, but you've gotta grab your passion. Mm-hmm. And you've gotta be faithful and trust. And you gotta have a plan B, which means if you've got one of those six figure jobs and you're saying I wanna start a business or I wanna start counseling girls, well you're going from six figures to five figures and maybe even four. So.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let's if just I, tell deal.
0: If you're lucky. So what's your plan about that? Right. But I think that we have to think outside the box. And I think women have always done it, Rolanda. Mm. We we have had to think outside the box. We've talked about these women. One of the women who's been swallowed by history, and I just adore her, although I think she was crazier than Cootie Brown, was Victoria Woodhull. Now, who is that? She, She was the first woman to run for president of the United States. Oh, she was also again? Victoria Woodhull. W O O D H U L L. And when did she run for president? Back in the 1890s or something. What? These women couldn't even vote then. Yeah, and she she was quite a character. She was about quote free love. So she felt that women should be able to marry, divorce, and bear children without government interference. Divorce. You know, you're we're talking. You know, we're talking the 19th century, where women were, you know, like three steps up from slaves. Right. My girl is saying you can divorce if you want to. Now, like I said, she was quite a character. Her life was a lot of drama. But what (laughs) I think that a lot of drama (laughs) I can only imagine. But what I think that people should know about her is that she's a feminist icon. And that her name, again, has been swallowed by history. And so, so many of us have swallowed. Rolanda, your mama. I just adore your mama. She is such a <laughs> special human being. Miss yes, Velma Watts and this Dr. Velma Watts. But uh, yeah. well, we can tell stories about her. You know, and all of us have folks like that, that in Women's History Month, we have to lift up. Not only the people who are public, but the people who are private. Because it really allows us to walk down a road that they have paid for us. You know, in the room that I write, row I have a picture of my great-great-grandmother. Her name was Addie Hawkins. She was a maid. And she was from Mississippi. She went to work in Iowa with the white folks. And she was there for about 10 years. She met a man that she loved very much, and but he was a gambler. And she told him if you send me your paychecks for 10 weeks, then I'll marry you. Because she wanted to know that he wouldn't spend all his money. Woo, she's a smart woman. And so he sent the paychecks, and they married, and they moved back to Mississippi. But she was a maid. And I keep her picture on my wall because I want to remind myself that when I say it's a hard work to write an article, she's the one who worked hard.
1: Yes, right. And she was a
0: maid so that I didn't have to be. Mm -hmm. All of us have that story in our lives, and we have to connect with those stories. Because Mm -hmm. when we connect with those stories, we're empowered. When I'm sitting at my desk and some editor is yelling at me about 750 words, I look at her and say, 750 words? How many pounds of laundry did you have to clean? And all I got to do is write some words Mm -hmm. just to get off your beehive and stop whining. The The article that you're highlighting on your page today from the Huff Post about how to handle your haters. Now, a whole lot of women of history and a lot of women of today are trying to deal every minute with, how am I going to deal with this hater today? As I love what Cat Williams, the the, the funny man, says, I don't wake up unless I got 14 haters out there waiting for me. (laughs) And then some people say I need to get some more haters because my haters are starting to like me. What's your position on haters and how do you handle them? I have to ignore them. I mean, obviously, there are times when it hits you in your soul, when something somebody says about you or writes about you or talks about you just hits you like, you know, dag, did they really say that? But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, what does Dr. Maia say to us? The truth is a stubborn fact and the lie will die. Hey, And that what, you know what that means? I always tell people, don't be a haterator, be a congratulator. <laughs> because if there's something I have that you want, that's right. what God has for you is for you. you. You, What God has for you is for you. But it's hard. And especially, I mean, Sophia has been hit so many ways. And many of us have. You have. I have. But, you know, you rise above it when you say, you know, I am not giving hate any energy.
1: Mm-mm. And
0: that's what you have to say. Mm. You know, I am. You know, or there's a song back in the day, which... Shake, 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 shake the devil off. <laughs> you know <laughs> and he works overtime and takes no vacation. You know, <laughs> so we gotta shake it off. If you are in right, in spirit, in power, you're gonna have haters. Mm-hmm. My favorite verse, Rolanda, in the Bible is uh one Corinthians sixteen nine. Mm-hmm. And it is I am going to do great things and there are many obstacles. It's Paul talking to he said, I'm going to do great things and there are many obstacles. And the and is a word that's always hit me. Because mm-hmm. if you and I were talking about something, you're going to say, I'm going to go do this film, but this person is blocking me.
1: Mm-hmm. say,
0: I'm going to write this book, but I can't get to, you know, the editor. Mm-hmm. But what Paul said is, I'm going to do great things and there are many obstacles. What does the and mm-hmm. mean? going to do great things, there will always be obstacles. It's right. not but, it's and. It comes with a territory. If you bad, and there are many obstacles. So don't expect your brilliance, your tenacity, your creativity to be recognized, and there are many obstacles. Mm. So understand, if you have no obstacles, you're sleeping. If you have no obstacles, you're not doing anything you are producing, there's going to be somebody who's going to stop your production. And there are many obstacles. So when you step out there on faith and in love and in creativity and in power, understand there will be obstacles.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: obstacles are the haterators. The That's obstacles right. are the folks who talk about it. The obstacles are people who create lies about you out of whole cloth. Mm-hmm. You know, whole cloth. Nothing that has relation to anything you ever did. But you know something I always say, but you cannot lose your focus. Come on, adversity, hit me because I got something for you. But you can't lose your focus, and you just keep, what does say? They say stay low and keep moving. Well, stay that's, low that's and keep the moving. End. That's yeah. the end. And if you know you're centered and you're sitting on faith, you know what you're doing. And that's just a sideline. I mean, I just love the verse. I mean, I play with it. I preach on it, speak on it. And I don't preach. They don't let me in church to preach. Uh, but every now and then. <laughs> not yet. But not yet, I mean, doctor, no, Dr. Malmö. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ain't going to be the Reverend, Dr. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, but that hand is so powerful because I, people always come to you and they'll tell you what's holding them up. i like, well, what does that have to do with you? Mm-hmm. What really does that have to do with you? Yeah, we all wallow in our pain, and we all take a minute to feel sorry for ourselves. But then you get up and you shake the devil off. That's right. And you take and, and you put it on a flag and say, and. I mean, I have a good friend, uh, and when people get ignorant with us, we look at each other and say, and. And. It's like, and. Just oh, that's like, so good. It's like, and. You know, they're going to be an obstacle. It's like, rather than deal with this fool, we just say to each other, and, and okay, then we you can just look, it comes with territory, it, and, it, and mm-hmm. it keeps you sharp, keeps you sharp. Yeah, when we the, come, when we come back, Doctor Julian Malvo, tell us what you're up to. Give us our web, your website, and give us our your books and anything else that you want, so that we can. Uh, Stay connected with you. We'll be right back after this on Sundays with Rolanda with Dr. Julianne Malvo. It's Rolanda. Bro, she says, I sit here and wash my dishes listening to you. Oh, that's and great. And she said, you're my kitchen companion. That's what the whole thing is that you talk about and I talk about, too, is that is going for your dreams, trying something new, not being afraid to fail.
1: We need to have passion in whatever we do. Without that passion, which is where the center of our creativity is, you're not going to have a fulfilling life. There's more Rolanda next. Talk. Listen. Connect.